Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. I'm Danny Murphy. You know, we're your partners in wine, crime, and time, and we're in your ears, and we could also be in your in your face. I mean, I don't know if that's desirable, but if it is, uh, <laughs> June 5th is when that really can go down. <laughs> yes, we're doing a live show at Union Hall in Brooklyn. It's at 5 p.m., so get your tickets. Make sure you get them. They're going fast. We're not just saying that. Go to betches.co slash N-A-T-C live or just go on the Union Hall site and like you'll find it or Google yeah, or it. Just, you know, you as are detectives. You on the street asking for tickets, I'm sure someone will help you find it on Google. You know what I mean? People are, people care. Right. Or check the stories. I put up a link there. Or I think <laughs> there's a link in my bio. I know that for sure. Sarah Lamine. I think there's one in my, you know, I think there's one in my, not Cashmere, yeah. Danny Cashmere with a K. And we'll, we'll throw it everywhere. Yeah. So come out. It'll be fun. Last time was two years ago. It was a really fun time. Actually, like two and a half. Because it was in January of 2020. Wow, what a trip. Right before, I know. And I remember being like, oh my God, we should do this more. And then uh, didn't do anything. <laughs> then the universe so. <laughs> was like, nope. <laughs> not, not a quite, not a quite. Yes. Um, so today, just kind of a, a weird one, I feel like. We're going to do some updates and then t- just talk about the way down part two. Yeah, I will get to that in a second part of this episode because I have questions about why some parts even exist. <laughs> like, what the parts were the parts? Yeah. Facts. <laughs> but first, there has been a really big breaking update on a Major. case that we did cover a while ago. Um, the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. And unfortunately, her remains were found this week in South Carolina. Which is so heartbreaking, too. It's good because I know her mom moved down there mm-hmm. when all of this started and was looking. So it's good at least the family can have some sense of closure in a in a way. And I mean, obviously, I'm sure there might have been a part of her holding out hope that maybe her daughter was going to be found alive or who knows. But uh, unfortunately, she her remains were found. Right. These are this is never the answer that anybody wants. Having an answer is perhaps better than having nothing. Yeah. So in 2009, the then 17 year old disappeared while on spring break in Myrtle Beach. And she was from upstate New York. And a suspect has been arrested. And according to authorities, he confessed to the murder. And the man, I know. And the man, Raymond Moody, had been a person of interest since 2012, but detectives really didn't have enough information to make an arrest until recently. And um, they kind of have so far declined to mention what that new information was, which, fair enough, but it is, it just goes to show that you really never know what's you know, what's happening, I guess, behind the scenes. No, exactly. And I do feel like this, I have the sense that because this is a case where everything, like if he confessed and his answer, and there's so much attention to it, I feel like they probably will reveal at some point. Yeah, for sure. It was. Yeah. But I guess they're, they're just still trying to finalize everything. And it's crazy because I mean, there were so many uh, elements of this, people really not sure who did it, what even happened. Cause it was right. the, in case, like, just like in case you guys like kind of forgot about, the uh, case with her is like she was on in at Myrtle Beach, was there with friend like boy her boyfriend and f- yeah, her, like her boyfriend's she friends didn't know that well know that well went to like a hotel to see one of this guy she knew just like as a friend and then some footage of her but then nothing and right phone pinged out and everything like that so truly just they had so little to go off of for this so right it was a really hard case for them to try to get any answers with at the beginning so it is. Uh, 
great that they were able to get something now. Yeah, and previously, I think the FBI had kind of came out with this their theory that this father and son duo had abducted Brittany yeah. and, and kind of killed her when she tried to escape and threw her body into an alligator pit, which was all based on like information they got from a prison informant. But mm-hmm. basically, none of that appears to be true. No, yeah. There were so many twists and avenues of people trying to go on with this case of trying to figure out what really happened. But kind of some background on this uh, new man, Raymond Moody, who did confess. Uh, He is a registered sex offender who served 21 years in prison after a 1983 abduction and rape case in California. Mm -hmm. And that victim was a nine-year-old girl, which is so upsetting. And um, authorities are now alleging that Moody kidnapped Brittany from the Myrtle Beach Strip and held her captive. And, uh, yeah, they allege that he sexually assaulted her before strangling her to death. And he allegedly confessed and led authorities to the spot in the woods where she was buried. And, I mean, they did find her remains. Right, which is where she was found. So that, you know, alligator theory out the window. Mm -hmm. um, That always seemed a little ridiculous to me. It gave me Carol Baskin vibes of, like, feeding it to the tiger. What a a name I kind of forgot about. (laughs) Right. So here's how it all sort of unfolded. Uh, at first on May 4th, I remember at first they had found remains and they were not yet seeing who it was. And then also on May 4th, Moody was arrested on an obstruction charge. And then a week later, on the 11th, he allegedly led authorities to the burial site. So he's now facing one count of murder, one count kidnapping, one count criminal sexual misconduct, and he could face a death sentence if convicted. Um, so far, again, when we researched this, this is the 19th, he hadn't entered a plea with respect to the charges. So that's something to keep an eye out. But this is definitely a, I would say, promising lead as a completely amateur person with no personal connection to what's going on. But I mean, it does seem like, you know, he led them to the burial site. He seems to have confessed. Kind of seems like this is the guy. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting because I was remembering too the back, like what I was like, what were they basing off of before and how it was that one guy, uh, Taquan Brown, who was like showing them through this house where he said that he saw Timothy Taylor doing everything yes. like that. And then that, then that, not confession, but that statement was kind of like, given from someone inside and everything such a it was such a mess with all of that twist and turn so it's kind of i feel good too that um not just answers for Brittany and her family too but that like timothy taylor like taylor, yeah his name and i know his mom was very much cleared was had been like going out in the press being like you know stop yeah. stop connecting my son's name to this girl's disappearance um and so you know hopefully he can get that clearance as well so we will you know obviously keep you all updated if anything new develops. I'm sure it will at some point, but at least now there is a bit of closure. Which is good. And also then um, there's closure all around, I guess, because for the way down, uh, <laughs> those people, there was closure in a different way for not them having uh, to deal with Gwen Shamblin anymore because <laughs> kind of, in case you guys don't remember, when did this documentary first come out? Like last October? Yeah, like it was a while ago. A while, yeah, a while back, where it was like the way down was about like Gwen Shamblin, who was like this registered dietitian who started this program called the Way Down Workshop, which was a faith-based weight loss workshop that she started in 1986. I feel which, like faith-based and weight loss is two, wor- or, you know, 
a phrase that just kind of feels almost like an oxymoron. Yeah. And also like a weight loss workshop that's not just like a gym with a doctor or anything like that. I would not uh, put yeah. me into Well, she that was a registered more... dietitian. So I remember when I that's was true. going over... Like some of those, the weight loss tips were like kind of legit, you know, but then some of them were just like, pray the hunger away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. There were some uh, words like she could be like, have salad instead of fries. All right. And the other one's like, don't eat for three days. So God loves you. Exactly. Okay. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> I can't do that. It's hard enough to ask for a side salad instead of oh, a side of fries. Oh my God. You know what? It's oh, I feel like I always end up overeating later because I'm just chasing like the crunch and the salt of the fries, oh. so it's never worth it. And I gotta say, I don't. You know what? If if God up there would want me to have fries, I, I, I agree. That would be my that would be my that'd be my church. I would say to the church of carbs. I feel like he didn't invent them, right? If you like weren't supposed to have them, yeah. You think the man who turned water into wine was saying skip the fries? <laughs> Lived right? large. Oh my god. Lived large as shit. Yeah. I mean, especially if you can't drink any water and all there is is wine. You need some some greasy food to soak that up. Soak it up, yeah. I mean, we're just saying when, you know, maybe we should take over the way down. I, yeah, I feel like her her dogma had some flaws. Um, and so did her <laughs> hair. I will say the one good thing about part two was that they finally mm. went into her hair. Like they sort of talked about it on the first part, but it's like how this is the elephant in the room. How do you not address this? And I love that. Yeah, we got the woman who was like, it was my job to tease it, to cut to everything. Yes. And just get, she was like, it would just get higher and higher. And, it I was don't know nuts. and was apparently happening. she never used like extension or anything like that, that was just we might need a way down part three because I don't buy that. But I, I don't buy that either because I also feel like. How is her hair not falling out from like stress and weight loss and stuff like that? And also that it was um getting um and, and all that teasing and treated product. every day. Yeah. yeah, it can't be good for you. I'm like Snooki has some extensions in her hair. All right, I feel, Snooki used yeah. to bump it. Like I, <laughs> this woman has and probably stacked bumpets on her head. Oh my god, a bump and dot. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a baker dozen of bumpets. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. But yeah, she pretty much just said, if you're thin, you're right with God. And she would say that if people were losing weight and then regaining it, it's not because like some 90% of diets don't work. It's because they weren't listening to her slash to God. And I know. It's like they're not like um, we feel like she never discussed the metabolism. And some people you could just you could diet as much as you want. Like some, your body is just your body at the end. It gets to a point where like it, it is what it is. And you got to just work with that. I know. I feel like she's like, well, if Jesus could be ripped, then, you know. You're not better than Jesus. Like, I just, I feel like I took that right out of her church, but I didn't. Like, but we are in the BCE. No, he was in the BCE. We're in the AC after Cheetos. Because after Cheetos were invented. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Also, I really hope no one who's very religious is offended by that. But it's a truth. AC, it's after common error. And it's also after That's Cheetos. so funny. Two things can be true. And um, that is why none of us, that's why I, I'm going to say that is why I cannot have apps because I was railing Cheetos as a child and <laughs> as an adult as well. <laughs> also, Sino Chester Cheeto was hot, but that's just a, uh, you know, there. <laughs> what? Abs! Oh my God. Oh, Built. Uh, I feel like there's definitely a ranking of cartoon characters that I would find hot, but oh. I've never thought of Chester Cheeto. There has to be some people who you are picturing him right now with the sunglasses. And I didn't he always go like, oh, yeah. Isn't that the Kool-Aid oh, man? Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like they both. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Oh, here's the thing, Kool Aid Man. The confidence of the Kool Aid Man, kind of hot too. <sighs> yeah, I mean, and he can smash through the wall, so he's strong. So, <laughs> you can piece two and two together. <laughs> he's good at smashing. We'll leave you with that. Enjoy your Kool Aid. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're really on one today. It's fine. Yeah. There's something I think because it's a um, for all of us uh, East Coast New Yorkers. It is we're entering a heat wave, so that's when yeah, the episodes get the peak loosey goosey. So weird, and it's also not ten in the morning, so I feel like I'm crashing from coffee. Oh, that's true. Oh, I'm on the opposite because I just finished my pot of coffee and I had an espresso after that. So I are you crazy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, God equals thinness, whatever. Thinliness, godliness, you got the gist. In the 90s, Gwen took the the Way Down uh, workshop to another level. She started doing programs with the Bellevue Baptist Church, and she did uh, 12-week guided seminars. And then by 1998, mm-hmm. the Way Down workshop hosted more than 21,000 classes, which is a lot, and had over 250,000 active members, which is so many. Like, this was an actual major... Pro, like successful. Yeah. Thing. And she had so many yeah. books and everything like that. But then after this program started to get successful, she kind of got cocky with the whole Christ angle and then went and opened up a church as you mm. do, <laughs> I guess. So she founded the Remnant Fellowship Church in 1999. It was based in Brentwood, Tennessee. And, and that was just kind of the gist. And the way down part one looked into the Remnant Fellowship Church and brought up a number of disturbing allegations um, that parents were instructed to hit their children with glue sticks and belts when they misbehaved. There was some talk of, like, eating disorder. There was also a big case in, I think, 2003 when these two parents mm-hmm. were convicted of killing their 8-year-old son after beating him, locking him in a wooden box, and confining him to a closet for hours at a time. Father had said that his son needed discipline because he was a soldier of the devil, and he carved death threats on the walls. And what's kind of interesting is that the church has pretty much always insisted the parents are innocent and has also even funded their appeals, which, for the record, have failed. Yeah, of course. But it's so insane that the church not only stands by what they did, but multiple times and is trying to fight for it. Right. That's that's what's surprising to me is that they wouldn't try to distance themselves from these people. But I don't know. Yeah. Because I also do remember they made an SVU episode about this case. Oh. Completely. And if you guys remember it, DM us, not another true crime. But I, I vividly remember that one. Oh, that's interesting. I know. Yes. Yeah, so that's like they had so much stuff going on about them. And it was also starting to get much more known, much more known. But the part one of the documentary, people were, they were talking a lot about just like reports that were known and stuff like that. But uh, then... Not a ton of ton of a lot of major people speaking out about their experiences and feeling comfortable enough to do that and things. I feel like there was like uh, a but, good bit, but it was a lot of like the woman who had a child with Joe and like that whole mm-hmm. fiasco. And yeah, I guess it was more so about the church and less so about Gwen as a person almost kind of, which just makes sense for this documentary. Yeah. And I feel like they were definitely hoping that more people would come forward, which they did. But mm-hmm. we can debate at the end if if it was worth it. And again, like I financially cannot afford a 
feud with Chrissy Teigen, who is the executive producer on this, or producer on this, but we have to have some thoughts about this documentary, this part two of it. She can't arrest us for having thoughts. She's rich. I don't know. I don't know what rich people can do. Oh, my God. Also, like, that's like, we're going to save that um, clip of your audio for when we live in our literal 1984 moment in, like, five years. Uh, right. They can't arrest us for having thoughts. Okay. Yikes. And then they'll be like, surprise, bitch. Open up. It's the police. <laughs> and it's like Chrissy Teigen. We're like, Chrissy's court. But it's actually, like, oh my the way God. they're That would be <laughs> a true dystopian hellscape. <laughs> we got arrested by Chrissy Teigen and charged on her Quibi show. <laughs> Let <laughs> me bring it back just for all the peace trials. My God, that'd be horrible. The thing is, every day we get closer to the future, the more I believe any of that stuff. So who knows? Any of it could happen. Yeah. So when where we left off, it was after that where, um, tragically, Gwen was killed in a plane crash, which happened in May 2021. Her husband, Joe, was also killed along with uh, their son-in-law and two couples who were very high up in the church. So it was a very... Uh, it was a kind of, what are those planes? Like a smaller plane that they were, a private plane. Yeah. That was, a, they were flying that crashed. So witnesses also saw the plane kind of just nosedive into the Percy Priest Lake near Nashville without any signs of engine failure. Mm-hmm. So it kind of was just like a very intense sight to see. There was also no sign of an explosion. And Joe, they also talk about this kind of at the, uh, uh, sort of in detail at the beginning of the first episode of part two that he was a licensed private pilot with single engines and he had good flight rules. So he really, he had training, proper training, everything like that, but he hadn't flown in almost eight years uh, when he met Gwen and she paid for him to renew his license. I'm sure. Cause I mean, like that sounds like a nice setup too, to be able to be like, oh, yeah, you can but fly I th- he private. also wasn't like, he only became certified to fly that kind of plane recently. So I feel like he just didn't have the experience. And also like, I think good flight rules means like you can only fly it under good conditions. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Like not like when you have to like I fly think, in like rain. And yeah, snow. I think I th- that's that what they were sense. saying in the documentaries. Like it's pretty limited situations where you can fly it. But he was also pretty out of practice. Yeah, and uh, so he also could have been disoriented because he was flying in a cloud. So kind of to Sarah's point, like cloudiness could attribute to some less than good flying rules and everything like that. Uh, The responses from the church were initially weird because there was this like huge wedding that everybody was talking about. I didn't even, I didn't like get what was going on with the wedding. (laughs) Okay. Cause I had to like re I, I I was very confused. Like, are they going to cancel the wedding? And I was like, the people on the plane, like who was getting married? But it was like, this couple that really couple like that was in the church. Right. And I, yeah. And so I think, what I was gathering, because oh, so there was this big wedding and everybody thought maybe they were going to cancel it, mm-hmm. but they acted like nothing happened and continued it. I didn't know. I perceived that as they included that to be like, oh, people like did not totally have a lot of grief of their passing. I guess I thought it to mean the like they they tried to keep them in the dark of what happened. Like there was some oh. text message where they said the plane made a quick controlled landing, but like everybody died. So that's not true. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah. Because it would have looked bad to have Gwen die since she was supposed to be protected by God. And so they did, I feel like they just did a bad sort of damage control type PR thing, thing. And then like, yeah, I, I don't know. The wedding is the whole wedding is kind of weird. Like, I feel like they were just like, let's put this off for tomorrow. And Yeah. Well, that would make sense for them to try to spin this or like not 
publicize this really yet because Gwen would frequently tell people that any misfortune was a form of God's punishment. Like this woman had cancer. She said that that was God punishing her. So I feel like these people think they're immortal. And by these people, I mean cult leaders just like think they're immortal when they say crazy shit like that. And it's a very, it's like a vicious cycle where they say it, then they'll have some people believe it and then they get more powerful and it just spins and spins and spins to like new, new levels. So then it kind of got into like the future of the church. And essentially it's a big question mark because many people think Gwen's daughter Elizabeth is going to take over, but she kind of understandably took some time off from the church after the plane crash. She didn't lose her family and that. yeah, Right. And then, I mean, I don't know. They had this whole thing where they interviewed a bunch of her childhood friends who were like, uh, like so hurt that she kind of stopped talking to them after they wouldn't join the church and. I'm like, I get that, but also she's like in a cult and also born into it. Right. Born into this cult that's led by her mother. I feel like she doesn't have like the proper support systems to get out of that. If that's what she wants to do. Like, I just I'm kind of like, it's not really like about you guys. Like, yeah. Well, also just like any kids that were in that cult. I mean, just in cults in general, they had such a hard time doing any decision or making anything like there was the one girl who was like the track star valedictorian who like could have gone to so many different schools and like amazing opportunities and stuff like that full rides like ivy leagues went to this like uh small school in tennessee for the sole purpose of staying near the cult so not really what she wanted to do but just because she had to stay and work for it and everything like that it is interesting that they would let people do that though like go to college and things like that and like have jobs outside of the church like, that part's interesting, because they don't usually do that. Right, I guess it's so they could have, like, some form of money to keep on giving to the church, because mm-hmm. that was, all the people that were working jobs in the church were not getting any of the money. Yeah. And if they tried to ask for any money, they were just like, you need to be humble, God isn't going to give you anything, and everything like that. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. So, I mean, we don't really know what the future is right now. Uh, the church told Washington Post, even though she's taken a break this year after so much loss, she, as in Elizabeth, Plans to return shortly after things settle down. I mean, it's been a year since the crash, so I'm yeah. sure that there are updates. But I know, yeah, it's very interesting. And it's very interesting, too, now, like, with all this extra information coming out about it and stuff like that, where the church can even go from there and things like that. And especially mm-hmm. because I'm sure the people that are a part of the church or were a part of it uh, recognize a lot of the familiar faces that were in the documentary because a lot of former members came forward after the first part of the documentary aired and also after Gwen um, passed away. Uh, One of the men, he said that he came out as gay and like when he told them, uh, they were like, first they were like, take it aback. But then they were like, oh, that's fine. We've converted many people. Yeah, like what? And and he was like, no. (laughs) He was like, you didn't convert them. They're just like lying to themselves. Yeah, they're just even more closeted. Yeah, so then he was, he kind of just was like, uh, I'm a dip out. So he was only, well, he, I think he, said he was in it for three years before he yeah. came out and then left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of just ostracized him. Like everybody stopped talking to him. And so then mm-hmm. he pretty much had no choice but to, but leave. to leave. Which worked out for him in the end. Yeah. I know. Also, I was looking on the church's website and under the leadership tab, they say Remnant Fellowship Church has a leadership t- team consisting of over 90 shepherds, deacons, ministry leaders, and ministry assistants. 
Any decision made on behalf of the church are made through the leadership team with much prayer and discussion. So basically, I mean, Gwen's not on that page, obviously. Elizabeth is listed on the page. Okay. I almost wonder, because I, I wonder if she's listed in it because she wants to be in it, or they're just doing it to, like, appearance-wise. Right. I mean, well, I, it definitely has been updated because all of these people have their own sort of section on this page on the site, and Elizabeth has, like, a bunch of photos, and she writes, mm. my mother, Gwen Shamblin Lara, founded the Way Down Ministries in every action, in every word she spoke for God alone. So she's kind of, like, memorializing her, but it definitely is not listing her as, like, the one leader. But she does okay, write, so at this like time in my life, I find myself with the wonderful opportunity to follow in my mother's footsteps in serving our beautiful church. And I'm grateful for her example of decades of laying down her life for others. Um, so who knows? I mean, it, again, she doesn't seem like necessarily the the figurehead, but... She's not looking to replace Gwen in the sense of like notoriety. No yeah, we don't really know. I mean, I imagine after this documentary, I would imagine everybody's trying to lay low. That's just my guess. I would, that would, yeah. If they're waiting for the dust to settle from the media, they got to have to wait a while because they're doing a scripted show about this too. Oh, what? Remember, because, um, yeah, because it's from the same producers that uh, did the documentary. I didn't even see that. Yeah, so it's a scripted series based on the doc, also at HBO Max. It's you know, Chrissy Teigen and Ross Dinnerstein are going to mm-hmm. make like an adaptation on it. It's a, Can we it's have the Teresa same... Caputo play Gwen? Oh my gosh. That's it. She'd actually be great at it. Right? I don't know if she can do accents, but she has the hair down that's and that's true. all you need. You know what? Like a Margot Robbie. She I just want to put her in. I guess she's too... She's just good in everything, so I don't really know. She's like, yeah. That's true. But it's from the same showrunner as the act that had Patricia Arquette and Joey King. I didn't so. watch that. I've got to say, like, I don't think I like these fictionalized adaptations. I'm trying to think of mm. one I actually liked. I'll watch I'll I'll watch The Staircase because I didn't like that documentary. But I've heard The Staircase is really good too. I haven't watched it yet. I mean the Yeah, the I'm just trying to think because like I was watching Candy over the weekend. Oh, was that good or no? I just I thought it was really boring. Like it was mm. just I don't know. I don't care. I don't care to see the whole like dramatized backstory. Like Mm. I kind of want to know like what happened? Why did it happen? What was the aftermath? But I'm watching this whole like affair and I'm like, I don't fucking care about it. Like, tell me why she took an ax to her best friend. I would almost, I would like, I wish you'd do that case. And I feel like I I like it. Oh yeah. And I like, uh, I like when a a series, because I love like a drama series and stuff like that. But when it's like not, ripped from the headlines yes. like because i'm like give me that for, but when it's like loosely maybe inspired by or like reminds you of something like that yeah like, that's when i'm inspires. into that like you know mayor of east town or whatever like that stuff's oh, all good yes the capture on peacock so good exactly but i was even like i tried to watch the girl from plainville it oh. felt like it just felt wrong to do so like it just feels like why and also you know, does the victim's family, like the victim's families, I think a lot of the time are either not involved or opposed. Mm -hmm. Like the thing Mm -hmm. with Pam, whatever they call that one. The thing about, yeah. I'm sure, I don't think the Roys were like happy about the Hulu series. Um, And so it's just kind of like, I don't know, what are we doing this for? (laughs) Like, 
Because it's also, I mean, like even, I mean, documentaries, you can't even promise that it's going to give a full yeah. objectiveness to it. But you can assume there will be more objectivity than in a scripted series where they can just have like a little creative freedom under the guise. Exactly. It was inspired by, but we can do anything. And then it's like, but who, and I don't blame anybody watching to be like, they're not going to Google to be like, what it didn't actually happen. That was in the thing about pants. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I just, they don't really do it for me, I guess is what I'm saying. Like I would rather watch a documentary or like a docu-series. And also, I mean, like uh, we had two parts of this way down. I think I'm good on this story as well. Oh, that I know. That's how I also feel too, because it's never the little known stories that get this treatment. It's always the ones yeah. that have just been like, trotted out so many times like multiple documentaries a podcast whatever like joe versus carol like joe versus carol even the dropout like i really liked the first episode but i was also like you know what i've i know all this story like i don't need to watch this Mm -hmm. and the dancing i couldn't make it through oh i mean um, love amanda seyfried so she's so good in it but i just i didn't like feel compelled to continue the story but i feel it's also a thing too where there's probably people who don't keep up with for sure true crime news and stuff like that that are just like oh it's a fun show so it's kind of it's funny that we're on the flip side of i know that. yeah i feel like the those people probably don't follow the instagram because they're like uh, people on our instagram they know like every single fact of every single case they they know, they know the truth they know, they're, the, they're they're the real ones <laughs> truly so yeah it was interesting i feel like i mean some notice like there were some extra details that came out of this yeah. part two where it's like there was one woman who said she did like the extreme, extreme diet, only had 10 bites a day, only that had is crazy. Uh, broth. And then she ended up having holes in her liver from that. Like she had really long term health issues. And 10 everything. bites so a day. Really severe. Those are going to be huge ass bites. Let me tell you. The Chipotle bowl is my the bite. Whole, the bite gonna, is like, going to be like my whole fist in my mouth. Like that's yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, how do I learn to open up my jaw, unhinge my jaw like a oh, snake, and shove true. a whole Chipotle burrito in there so that I can <laughs> abide by the 10 bites a day rule? Honestly, some bagels I can finish in four bites if I'm really trying. So maybe. There's there you a, go. There's it. There, there, there's a workaround. And I was so sad to the woman who was hired to help make like the Spanish way down, who mm-hmm. joined and then like, was she was like I never was able to see her family, never see her kids, uh, and she was courted by Gwen, saying like, "Oh, we're gonna get, make give you more money. We're gonna give you X Y Z." And then when she got her first paycheck, it was like significantly less than what she was making before. And then when she asked Gwen like, "Oh, I thought I was getting a raise. Like, is something wrong?" Gwen like snapped at her, was saying like, "You need to be humble. You're never gonna get a raise. This is not what God and everything like that." So just really a lot of emotional warfare that went mm-hmm. on there on top of I the abuse that. and. It was so bad. It was so bad. And then also there was that woman who like also had to be Gwen's hairdresser for free on top of her full-time job as a hairdresser. Like this woman was like dressing hair 16 hours a day. I mean, I don't even understand. That's intense. Her poor cuticles. I know. And when she, again, when she asked for payment, Gwen was just like, just like pulled the whole like manipulation train. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy too. Like in some of the clips where they would be, sitting around a table going to be like, so how much weight have we all lost and everything like that? And it's like a very intense thing. I was shocked. The one thing from the doc that they, she was trying to make a reality show to like rehab her image. I don't know in what way. Oh my God. That was nuts. Anything that would be filmed Mm. that we saw would help her image at all. I know. I feel like if also like, I'm kind of like if TLC isn't even giving you a reality show deal, then your life is really a train wreck. They can't be helped. 
That's when you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, and also it's so funny too. I'm like, God doesn't want you to have carbs or you can have a reality show. I'm like, what? Yeah. Where is the line of things? No, that absolutely. Are oh, speaking of, didn't the, the Chris Lee's get like indicted for fraud or something this week? Yes, they did. Crazy. Also, for what it's worth, for the purposes of covering our own ass, we do have to mention the church uh, did deny these allegations in an email to Washington Post saying Gwen would have never limited or withheld food from anyone, always compensated anyone who has ever done a service for her and showed genuine kindness to all, no matter their race, religion or background, and that the church would never shun or reject anyone. I mean, I think limiting her food, limiting food from people was her entire business model. So like, that's I'm going to call like bullshit on purpose. that, but that's just yeah. my opinion. <laughs> and I'm sure. And also that last thing, like, they'll never shut or reject anyone yet because they're just going to convert you into being who they want you to be. And then that's fine if you just fit into their mold. But besides that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Sarah, how did you feel? Did you going into part? Because we both liked part one. I did like part one because I learned a lot. I really didn't know anything yeah. about this church. And I was like, this place is crazy. This place is on fire. <laughs> I was going to say bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> it's, it's both Alicia Keys and Gwen Stefani. I mean, Gwen Stefani, Gwen Shamblin. Facts. Could also play her yeah, in this. Could work. I mean, Gwen Stefani has the best Botox in the game. I was going mean, to say, sure she has, she has she the right it. color hair. Yeah, and the right name. Hmm. But I know this docu, this second part, could have just been one episode, like one hour long, like people coming yeah, through and stuff like that. Yeah, the first part, like, I, I was really... like, who cares about this wedding? Like, I don't really get what's going on or whatever. No. Th- that's always a risk, right? Like when you do this type of thing, because I, I feel like they were, they were really banking on the success of the first part. I mean, number one, mm-hmm. I don't think they intended to do a second part. I think it was just after no. the plane crash. They were like, oh, wow. So I think they were banking on more people coming forward. And they kind of even said that in the documentary. But I guess I just think what came forward was not super groundbreaking. Like when you're comparing it to what we already knew in the first half, which was we already knew this is disordered eating. We already and also like, you know, I don't know. It's just like you're comparing this to people who were convicted of murdering their child in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of, it's like, it, it doesn't seem as dramatic in context. That's actually, yeah, that's actually the really true part. They could have, it's almost like the part should have been flipped. Yeah, but they didn't know what was going to happen, I feel like, when yeah. they were making it. But yeah, I guess I just feel like it didn't, it didn't add much for me. No, it didn't add much for me either, but I understand why they did. The part two, A, because of the updates, and B, because I'm sure a check's a check. they... And I never want to stop anybody from getting a check. Exactly. That is, uh, that is fine with me. And uh, I feel like also they probably knew that they wanted to do a scripted series of this, so they were like, oh, this is the perfect way to like re-promote that. Yeah. And everything. And I mean, here's the thing. It depends who they cast on it. I might get guilty. I might get swooped into watching that, so... I'm like really thinking about how good Margot <laughs> Robbie would be. Damn. A Gwen, you win this round, Chris Teigen. No, Margaret Robbie, is, she's just, I feel like we don't talk about how, I guess we do, how she's like the most talented. And she's actress and she's so, she'd be so good at playing like twisted religion type yeah, of thing like that. Yeah, and she, I'm I'm sure she could do a Southern accent. Oh, oh 100%. Oh, and I can, I mean, um, speaking of, and this, I'm sorry, I've mentioned her 500 times, but she is affiliated with this uh, thing. Did you see that Chrissy Teigen's team is also going to do a, uh, one about the 7M. 
like the influencer company. A documentary? Mm-hmm. Oh, that Max. one I will watch. That sounds good. That, that TikTok dance cult, right? Weird. Yeah, so it's weird. like 7M Films, the management company that represents social media stars, TikTok dancers. People are saying that it's very cult-like and it's going to be the subject of a new documentary. So I am very curious about that. That's exciting. I'm also excited there's going to be an uh, Army Hammer documentary. <gasps> That's going to be so... wild. Ready for that? So we will definitely be covering the seven M. Although I will say, if they do, if they give Army Hammer the freaking scripted treatment, like I'm gonna just like yeet myself into the sun. Like, no, I am leaning towards they won't, and I hope they won't. Right, but you never know with rich people. Yeah, no, I think a documentary will be really interesting. I think one of the articles I read about this, it seems like it might be going in on it. So, like, as in, it's bad. No, like going in on Army Hammer, like oh, uh, really bringing. Yeah, all I the hope so because I feel like there was supposed to be a big expose that like never came to fruition. No, because uh, I feel like, like that's I remember a nice hearing whispers about it, but yeah, I just think it never saw the light of day. So, documentary would be really wild. I'm excited for that. Um, we have a few episode topics brewing for down the line, but of course, as always, if there's anything you guys want us to cover in particular. Post about it and not another true crime group. DM at not another true crime. Uh, we always love suggestions. They really help us. And also because we do this because we want to talk about cases and et cetera that you guys all are into. So, I mean, that would really, we, we love to hear that. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Casper Danny, Casper with a K. Buy tickets to our live show. Betches.co yes. slash N-A-T-C live. Yeah, join us there June 5th, Union Hall. It's going to be fun. And you can follow me on Instagram, Sarah Lameem. The link to buy tickets is also there. I'll put it in our in our Instagram bio too at Not Another True Crime. And hopefully we'll see you there. And also if it sells out in advance, we can stop annoying you about the show. So I think that's a win-win. Everybody's happy then. Love it. Well, we will be back next time. Thank you for listening. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.